On this week's episode of Behind the Meat Curtains, we have Exposed Hope. Exposed Hope is a religious organization which provides support and services for people in the sex industry. Now don't worry, we're not going to get all preachy on you here. Exposed Hope actually does a lot of good, but you're not going to have to take my word for it. Listen to what they have to say. Welcome to part one of Exposed Hope. Uh, Welcome to Behind the Meat Curtains. I am the Brad. I'm Kat. I'm Amanda. Uh, yeah, welcome. Uh, we have a very uh, a unique episode today. Um, actually, Kat, you're more familiar with it. Why don't you explain it to them? Um, well, first of all, we have a returning guest, Miss... Georgia. Oh. I, have a, I have a mic. <laughs> um, I don't know really how to describe it, which is why I brought you guys on, but um, we call you the Jesus Ladies, and... They work for Exposed Hope. Uh, so it's Exposed Hope. And yeah, we do call you the Jesus ladies. And you come in and you bring us baked goods and you bring us socks, which we love your, your socks. They're amazing. Um, but I know that you guys work for an or- a religious organization that um, works primarily with sex industry workers is what I gather from everything. Um, we'll go into detail about that in just a second. And um, I know that you've helped out a lot of people. Uh, I know that one girl just recently had like a surgery and she was out of work and you guys helped her like pay her some of her bills. And um, I know that you guys can't come in during the holidays and help and ask if any of the girls need help with like Christmas presents for their kids and stuff. And so I think that you guys are awesome. And I love your t-shirts, the Jesus loves strippers. I still have a Bible from you that says Jesus loves strippers. And I think it's just wonderful what you guys do. And so let's, yeah, let's see what this is all about. Uh, I guess let's start out with going around the table and introducing ourselves. We'll start with our returning guest, and then we'll go to the two of you. I'm Georgia. I've been on here a few times. I'm a dancer, and I've worked in other aspects of the strip club industry. Hi, my name's Carrie. For those of you who are, I'm the one with the short, curly, purple hair. Uh, So we are volunteers with Expose Hope. And um, how I spend the rest of my time is I'm a primary care provider, a PA specifically. I work for Mosaic Medical, primarily take care of um, folks on the street on a mobile medical van here in Central Oregon. So unhoused health care. And uh, my name's Nikki, and I... I'm with Expose Hope as well, obviously, but I'm also an ex-dancer. But uh, other than that, I am a stay-at-home mom, and uh, me and my husband have our own roofing business. So. All right, and one last. I almost forgot about you because you're digital. Yeah, yeah. Hello. Uh, my name is Sean uh, Crouch. I'm studying currently uh, over at San Francisco State University, finishing up my master's program in philosophy. I have undergraduate degrees in world religions, philosophy and religion. The next phase would be for me to uh, pursue next year a PhD in religious studies. I really kind of uh, am an expert, quote unquote, about uh, the early developments of Christianity during the reign of Rome. And I'm really very much interested in uh, like the gender views of that time and how they mutated uh, over the years uh, to present day, the way we view them now. So... Typical strip club conversations. Uh, how do you, uh, I guess we'll start with, uh, since you're kind of our primary guest, how would you say that, what is the, the primary mission of your guys' organization? You know, Brad, I'm so glad you asked because I have the mission statement right here ready for you. 
Yeah, so um, I think it's important to be true to specifically what the organization says. And so it is a 501c3 organization that's dedicated to showing God's love to members of the adult entertainment industry, regardless of where they are at. We believe in supporting individuals without judgment through gifts, resources, and time. We are a non-denominational ministry that hopes to bring the message that Jesus doesn't care where you came from or what your occupation is. He loves and he opens his arms to his children, longing for a chance to pour love into them, and we exist to show that love. So as far as what we do as volunteers, it really it really is just that, like a no strings attached, a no judgment presence of coming into the club once a month to say, hey, we love you, you are unique, your lives matter, we care about you. In a world where there's a lot of judgment, we want to be a presence that just brings smiles to people's faces. And if that's through little gifts and words of encouragement and then then awesome. And then if, if there are folks that need additional help and support and resources, then we want to be somebody that people would think to call. And I guess just to kind of get a background for both of you guys, since we usually ask the strippers how they got into their business, how did you guys, what attracted you towards this specific type of uh, volunteer work, I guess? Okay. Um, I am, what attracted me is that I, I did it. I did it for mm, six years just to go from having to, uh, from doing it and then being where I'm at now. I just wanted to be able to show the other girls that there is hope. And if they were anything like me, um, just the reason to even start dancing to begin with is, I mean, we don't wake up saying, I want to be a stripper when I grow up. There's situations that happen that cause us to turn that way, and they're not, at least 98% of the time, they're not positive ones. So I really wanted to go in and show that there there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a different way to do it. You are loved, and you're cherished, and you're worthy, even, even though you feel that you have to do something like that. You don't have to do it forever. So that's why I did it. Yeah, for me, so I will, let's see, as a professional, I am always drawn to folks that are marginalized and are vulnerable, and women in particular and folks who are gender diverse in particular are very vulnerable in our country, and so I am always on the lookout for, you know, who's not who's not being loved and resourced and cared for the way that they should be, who is being judged and marginalized by society. And every time I drove by, it was just like on my heart of like, how, like, how do I get in there? I mean, I know there's a front door, but like how is a medical provider and somebody who loves Jesus, how do I gain access to just say, Hey, your, your, your lives matter. And also, you know, Jesus loves you and not all people who follow Jesus are crazy religious judgy radicals. Um, Some of us actually want to live how he actually did. And then also for me as a primary care provider, like it's really important that folks have access to non-judgmental medical care. And you need to 
you know, it, it's important to be able to be honest with your primary care provider. So I would leave my, my business cards in there to say, you know, and, and there are several dancers that have established care through their relationship with me and gotten access to medical care that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise because there's just this barrier of like, I don't want to be shamed or judged for or have to lie about who I really am. And so I just very randomly and fortuitously met somebody who said, oh yeah, I'm going to be in the club this weekend doing a ministry. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> how do I, how do I get involved? And, and so like, that was it. I've just been all in from then on. And, um, yeah, I think my background, you know, I, before and before Bend, I worked in the jail in Washington, D.C. for about four or five years, and I took care of a lot of folks that were in the sex industry, in adult entertainment, um, that were having to, you know, trade sex for drugs or money or housing or just safety or survival. And so my my approach is really genuinely from a place of, like, compassion and and just wanting to meet people exactly where they're at and humanize and bring dignity to folks. So... Here I am. From a, uh, I would, I, just full disclosure, I'm an atheist and I used to be a believer. It's cool. But my. You are uh, welcome here. <laughs> oh, God, thanks. Uh, <laughs> um, no, but I just wanted to get that out before I, I say what I was going to say, which is that I think that what you guys are doing, at least from a ministry standpoint, is sorely needed. Because my experience is a lot of people's approach to ministry is from a judgmental spot is from a you're doing this bad and oftentimes like one of the ones that rub me the wrong way is someone goes to be a missionary in africa or something and in order to get this well uh, dug you have to come to our services or whatever and that always rubs me the wrong way it's like i don't i, I mean even if i was a believer i don't think that's the way the bible lines it out um but i just wanted to get that out there i think that you guys having that approach is a very positive approach. I, I guess what I would say to that is that that's a saviorism approach, particularly in the international, uh, uh, historically, the international mission field is very much so a white saviorism approach of you've got a problem and we know how to fix it and we're going to come over there and fix it for you. And none of us, when we walk up to the door, none of us are thinking that we're, we're not here to save anybody. <laughs> You know, we're not here to save or change anyone. Um, if if there are if there are folks who want to get out of the industry and want support with that, you know, we're here for that support. But we're not trying to influence or save or change anyone. Yeah, I, I guess I just say that I, I appreciate that lead by example kind of attitude. Um, I want to make sure everybody gets their turn and we go around. And if anybody here had, would have a response to the way they presented it, it would be you, Georgia. Oh, yeah, I guess so. Um, uh, I never had a very positive viewpoint on Exposed Hope. I'm going to be honest. When I was first started dancing in the city that I was, you know, bigger city that I was dancing in, they came around and they were a presence. But because I think the way I was raised and having members of the LDS church, which is a far, far more extremist, version of Christianity. Well, I don't even know if you would consider it Christianity, but you know what I mean. I, my viewpoint on religion and faith was always in a negative light because of how I was treated just as a regular person, just as like more of a strong woman and less of like who, like what I did for work. And so I never really appreciated what they did. When I moved down here and I'm in a smaller community, I did realize that they are doing more, 
I think the biggest, the hardest thing that the dancers have when they come in is, I think, a lot rooted on how they grew up, if they grew up in an extremist faith, or if they grew up and having their families cut them out of their lives because of the line of work they chose to go into or were forced into. I think there's a lot of trauma around religion when it comes to sex workers. I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this. No, but I think that's it's great. kind of like that was my my perception and I I definitely have different views now. I think it's I think it's more I think that message should be a little bit more widely put out and I know some of the other volunteers in other cities don't necessarily do that. They're more like, here's a Bible, and here's some nail polish, and, you know, Peace out. pair of socks. Or does it say, Jesus loves strippers? I mean, they the all Bible. wear the shirts. They are The shirts, here's the thing. I would buy one of those shirts, because I think it's absolutely, I, I love the message here, but I think, yeah. Well, to that, I, I totally agree with you. Um, I went to church with my dad and my mom um, in Klamath. Growing up, I grew up in this church. And a second that um, I went in during summer after separating from my ex with two kids, they looked, took one look at me, and I have a bunch of tattoos, and they sent me out the door. I was devastated. And then I ended up in financial tight spot and uh, started dancing. And then I, I kind of got the feeling that my stepmom disowned me. And that just pushed me farther into it. I didn't really have anywhere to go, anyone to lean on. And I think that, I think it's easier to see a light and to get out of it and do what your passion is if you have that support system, whether it be a church or family or friends or whatever it is. If you have people that want to stand next to you and support you and be there with you, it makes it a lot easier. I was lucky enough to meet my husband and he loved me enough to not want me to do it. He couldn't stand the thought of another guy looking at me in any way like that. So where'd you meet him? I met him through a friend. He just, uh, he told me that. And I said, I'm out. I was looking for a reason to leave, but I didn't have, I didn't know any other way I could support my kids. So I stayed. And then he said, I can't be with you. I just like you too much, <laughs> you know? And so, um, so I stopped and I had that support to be able to stay out. So I think that support is a huge factor, a huge factor because it is trauma. It, it is very much trauma. And if the trauma doesn't stop, then there's like no, there's no hope to get out. So I, yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Yeah. I, um, you kind of asked me um, before coming on, you know, if we had any crazy stories, and I'm sure Nikki has plenty. For me, the one um, that sticks out is um, not a regular dancer. I think she was just there on a one-off night, and I, I mean, I don't know. Anyways, so um, we, I mean, we're very used to, you know, some people are engaging and others just don't want to talk, and there's a wide variety of reasons for that, and that's totally fine. Our feelings are not hurt. Sometimes it's just you're like, we recognize like this is your place of work and it can be disruptive to have other folks there. For some people, it's like really helpful and fun and makes you smile and makes your evening better. And others, it's like, no, I've got my game face on now, you know, and that's fine. And I'm sure that there are, you know, are folks that are like, don't, that do have a problem with us being there. And sometimes we're like, wow, that felt like the cold shoulder, but like, I get it anyway. So she was one of those folks, but she um, made some comment about the church being, um, 
or that she had like a traumatic history with the church. So later on, I was walking around to to say hi to you, Kat, and um, I passed her, and it was just so, like, on my heart of, like, just wanting to validate her pain that I just said, listen, like, I I 100% get it. Like, the church can be really painful. And, um, And then she kind of just went off. I don't remember everything that she said, but the one that stood out to me was that, you know, Christians are some of the worst people in the world. And I wanted more than anything in that moment to be like, can we just sit down with some drinks and just, you just tell me everything. Like what happened? Because your pain is real. Like we know that, and I mean, Sean, like I'm sure you can speak to this well. Like we've had thousands of years of patriarchy where women have done whatever it takes to survive, but never been fully validated for their own choices and their own decisions. And the church has played an incredibly traumatic role in so many eras and places around the world. Um, and for us as well the reason why I'm here is because of the person of Jesus. It's not because of religion. It is not because of church. I also have been hurt by the church and I want to acknowledge that for anyone at stars that sees us that like, if it's painful for you to see that Jesus loves strippers, like I wish I could change my shirt. Like I wish I could hold a sign that says like your pain is real. Your trauma is real. And I love you. And I see you for that. And I'm so sorry for what happened. Um, but you know, I don't get the chance in the 30 seconds I get to say hi to somebody. And, um, yeah, but that's just sort of more, you know, a story for me and really just more about like that dynamic that you're talking about. I think a lot of that dynamic too is once somebody enters the sex work industry, whatever facet you're in, you can find your own community. And a lot of the people that enter into those fields feel isolated by other outside more conforming groups you know and so we're really wary of people coming in even that even plays into like people that are trying to um, have conversations with um, law enforcement and sex workers and trying like we're very wary of bringing outside people in who just don't understand because of the long time stigmas against us Um, and I think the hardest one is like it's a twofold it's an outside group but it's also um you know, Jesus and faith-based is even harder for a lot of women. Do you want to chime in at all, Sean? Uh, yeah, sure. I can, um, <laughs> I identify with a lot of, uh, the background of, of having like a religious background. Cause I was raised evangelical leaning Pentecostal Christian. And, um, I had, I don't think the church ever hurt me. I just had seen what I translated as the church being harmful toward others, um, especially for me personally, it was um, when it came to people, like same-sex couples, homosexuality. I didn't agree with what the church was saying about them. I had a lot of sympathy. Uh, I especially had a friend, uh, the real close friend of me, come out and say that he struggles with it, and he was so ashamed of it. And I, you know, said, "Hey, you know, if it's." If what matters is your soul, that's all that matters. And if you like love Jesus and you, you know, love God, like that's between you two. If you're a good person, who cares if you're with someone of the same sex? It doesn't matter. And I just uh, seen a lot of uh, uh, messages like like being said that kind of demonize certain groups like homosexuals and sex workers. I've never had an issue. Uh, I've never thought that that sex work 
was something that anyone should be shameful of. And uh, I never told anyone that in the church, of course. Uh, but <laughs> but I, I really, really felt for my friend. And he and I are still friends. And he's married to a woman. And he's kind of keeping his secret. He's bearding, you know? That's what they call it. Uh, I really feel for the man. So that's sort of why I, I left the church because of these reasons. I studied other religions. But then um, I always felt that when people, like non-denomination religions, universality uh, churches, I love those churches, I'm, I totally support their message of inclusivity, which is, you know, everyone, despite whatever they've done, um, they welcome them. Huge, huge support of that. But I always mention, like, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a Christian, like Jesus says nothing about homosexuality as being sinful, right? And a lot of the things in which are brought about don't come really from Jesus's teachings, right? Like it's usually like Timothy's brought up, uh, St. Paul's brought up whenever they're talking about sexual immorality because he had some weird views of sexuality. Um, but when it comes to Jesus, if you were just to grab the crux of everything he says, it's like welcoming everyone, Jews, Gentiles, um, He's trying to open up, I guess, what you would call uh, a welcoming, like uh, a gate of welcoming for anybody who, you know, is just good. <laughs> and I don't think he said anything about uh, sex work or anything, because one of the people that was part of his disciples was Mary Magdalene, right? She was a sex worker. And um, Peter if you read in the gospels was jealous of Jesus's closeness with her. So he very much looked at the person and didn't look at their quote unquote behavior or the kind of work they done. So I think that it's really awesome that uh, you guys are looking at, 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 at people and their needs, because I think that's more Christ-like in my opinion than anything, not, you know, going to the right church, being this particular religion is like, if you really believe in what you preach, you embody it and you act it. That's what I think it sounds like what you guys are doing. It's really, it's, it's honorable. Yeah. Thank you. I, um, you know, I think there's, you know, sex work is discussed a lot in the Bible and, um, but who like the only people that Jesus had, serious judgment again, who was always calling to the carpet. It was always religious leaders. It was always hypocritical religious leaders time and time again. And so, you know, for me, it's like, where, who did he spend his time with? How did he live his life? He spent his life empowering women, as you said, Mary Magdalene, Mary at the well, so many other circumstances like that. And, um, I, I don't necessarily, when I'm coming into the club, I'm not thinking, oh, I'm going to come care for these marginalized people. Like, no, that's, that's not the approach either. It's that society marginalizes and the church largely marginalizes um, this industry. And But I, I'm not coming. Well, none of us are coming in as if it's a charity. Like, we have tremendous respect for what the dancers do. I mean, most women would rather die than get on stage and take their clothes off. And so... Like I am in there just absolutely in awe of how, how strong and beautiful and courageous and talented and charismatic you are. 
it's truly, um, I feel honored to be there because I just, having gotten to know a few of, of you over the years, it's like you have incredible stories. You're putting, you're, you're putting food on the table for your kids. You're paying for your college. You're trying to advance your career. Like it's so much deeper and more complex and beautiful. And I don't think that everyone there needs to be saved. Like I know there's the, you know, I know that you went through like some hard times. I know a lot of dancers do go through hard times, but it's like, there's a lot of people that are going there and like bettering their lives, even through sex work or yeah. So it's not just, and that's why I wanted to start the podcast was to get rid of all the stigmas on this. Like, yes, there are, there are trauma stories and I've had people on here say that, you know, a lot of it comes from like sexual trauma from, you know, when they were younger, but there are a lot of success stories and you can do a lot with it. And it's not that we're bad people. It's not that we're all damaged goods. Like there is a lot of positivity that can come from the industry, but not always. It doesn't always happen that way. Yeah. And I also would say that I, the number one reason, and I think Kat would remember this because it comes up a lot. The number one reason any stripper says that they started is money. That's the pretty much the only reason. So, you know, I, I guess what I respect about what you guys do is kind of the humanitarian part of it. Like if if they needed anything, it would be like a support system. Um, and also to kind of mirror what Kat said, too, not everybody that goes into it, if you believe them and I don't have a reason not to, uh, some of them enjoy it. Like some of them wanted, like I, there have heiress or one of our last guests. Yeah. Started yeah. at 40, you know, she has a complete, yeah. she's a 41 year old dancer. She, she's decided that at 41, she wanted to become a dancer. She's also a life coach. <laughs> you definitely get she's all dancing of in Hawaii right there, now but... because she hates the cold and she'll be back here. But that, no, that's, I just want to pipe in. That is one of the things that I love about you guys the most is like, I too grew up in a religious family and I have some, hard views on religion and I get really uncomfortable when I'm around religious people. I'm not going to lie. When I find out like a friend is really Christian or something, I'm like, Oh, like, and I I'm working on that. But like you, especially, you know, I've met you a few times, I think, but like you stand out, I've met you the most. And like, you make me feel very comfortable and like you never give me those weird vibes. I'm always happy when you guys come in and you, you guys just spread like such a great message. And like, it's, it's always really nice. It's like, it's never like pressure and weirdness. It's, it's like a breath of fresh air. It's like, oh, the Jesus ladies. We call you the Jesus ladies. The Jesus ladies are here. Like, we're always so happy when you come in. It's like, it's not awkward. It's not like, there's never like this weird, like pressure of like, oh my God, I have to like act a certain way or be different. Like you just, yeah. I'll give a little more background about like, just expose hope as an organization was started by, um, Betty who, um, was in the industry herself. And, um, we have one club that we get to love on and spoil here in Bend, but there are multiple teams going out to dozens of clubs the same night all over Portland, like you were talking about, Georgia. And, um, but they also, um, interest to what you were speaking about, Sean, they will go to drag clubs, drag shows. There's a team of men who will go into male strip clubs. So, um, you know, I don't necessarily know that there's, you know, a statement on being affirming or not in terms of gender. And I myself am fully affirming and provide gender affirming health care as a passion of mine. But it's not a um, the organization 
is specifically really just to bring love and acceptance and that sort of thing. And so I think that generally folks that want to be involved are folks that, you know, want to be proximal, you know, or proximate, sorry, um, and want to be, you know, challenged and to grow and to learn and to, yeah, to shake off all of those all of those rules and regulations and and really narrow ways of thinking that so many of us were raised in to really reexamine like well what is true and good and brings flourishing in people's lives and like to me that's why I'm like I can't get away from Jesus I can cut away a lot of the other crap and I have been and a lot of us are but I just can't get away from who Jesus was and how he lived and at the end of the day like that's it for me personally well, I think there's just there's just like a a lot of stigmas against industry workers, sex industry workers, and there's also stigmas against religious people and people that have faith. And it's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it. I mean, it's I mean, it's not the same, but it's the same. Like, I mean, it's just it just is what it is. We're destigmatizing each other. Yes, yes. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I feel like sometimes the way that I feel about Christians are probably the same exact way that they feel about us working in the industry. It's like, oh. Because <laughs> we were working together the other day when you guys were in, or Amanda and I were working, and you guys came in and I'm like, come on the podcast. And I, and I looked at Amanda and I was like, the Jesus ladies are going on the podcast. And she's like, her nervous laugh. She's like, ha, ha, ha. No, and she was nervous, and I'm like, no, this is this is an open conversation. I'm like, this is what we do. This, yeah. So it's like we're spreading the word, spreading the love, and all that jazz. I saw you grab the mic. Did you have something to pipe? Oh, in? I mean, I just wanted to say that, like, I th- I think it's kind of nice to have an outside group that is fairly supportive of the industry because realistically, the only groups that sex workers can find help are created by other sex workers who are still in the industry. So there's a lot of like crowdsourcing and stuff like that. And like talking about like medical care, I multiple times I have told a medical practitioner that what I do for, you know, they always ask you, which I don't know why it's pertinent to like what kind of care I get, but they ask and I'm always honest. And I've noticed change in the way they talk to me, the care that I receive pressure for extraneous testing that I feel like is not fair things like of that nature and that's kind of really tough and I think that it's it's nice to have a group that can provide access specifically for those who are doing survival sex work is it's now the demographic I think is changing in the last 10 years of there's more sex workers who are doing it by choice and enjoy it and are loving it but there still are survival sex workers, and those people um, need that access more than ever, and they're probably more likely to use utilize those services. And I think that it's really wonderful that that exists because it's it's difficult. I think honestly, just like on medical care is like the biggest thing because I noticed that there's been some individuals you guys have you've specifically helped get some medical care, and I know Mosaic has been. Um, easy access for some of the girls and I think it's awesome. And that's the end of part one. Our theme music is by Tribe of Noise. You can find them at www.tribeofnoise.com Thanks to our host Backside Kegs. You can find them at 740 Northeast 3rd Street, Suite 6 Bend, Oregon 97701 
stop in sometime, you might see us recording. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give us a positive rating. We are a new podcast and would really appreciate the support. And you can find us at www.BehindTheMeatCurtains.com or write us at info at BehindTheMeatCurtains.com.